And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. How are you guys doing? I mean, normally I would say welcome back to Stay Tuned Sports. This is the week we kick it off. But we're going to try something a little different uh, kicking it off this week. Kind of a, a Stay Tuned Sports news recap from the past two episodes. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about what I talked about. And I'll play the clip uh, for you guys. See... What you guys think? In case you missed that show, you know this one's fresh, and you could go back to that episode. So uh, before we, before I give the little um, intro into the clip that we're gonna play, head over to Twitter, follow the show at ST Sports Podcast, as well as myself at Jimbo ST Sports. Uh, head over to Facebook, like and share a page there, as well as our YouTube channel. Uh, so if you guys could subscribe to that and share it out to your friends and, and all that type of stuff. And I want to give a little bit of uh, a shout out to Belly Up Sports. Um, they got a lot of great articles coming out. They have one about the 49ers losing last night. So head over there, give that, that article some love, give it some reads, retweet it, share it with your friends and family. I would much appreciate that. So last week, last Thursday's show... I talked a little bit about um, the college football playoff rankings being released uh, last Tuesday was the first rankings and the potential week two uh, playoff rankings, which it's Tuesday right now. They haven't been released yet. And I gave my prediction of what would happen if Alabama lost, which they did. Now, I'm curious to see how much the Penn State loss affects how far Alabama falls. But I kind of touched on that on uh, last week's episode. So here is the clip from last week's episode. Me talking about the playoff rankings and the possibilities if Bama lost. Um, I talked a little bit that we're going to touch on the, the college football playoff rankings. This past week was announced. Now, last week, last week's episode, you know, I talked a little bit about how LSU was number one, I believe, Alabama two, Ohio State three, and Clemson was four with Penn State on on the outside looking in at number five. So this past Tuesday, they announced Ohio State is actually debuting at number one. Um... LSU is number two, Alabama is number three, with Penn State actually sneaking in at number four, and Clemson being number five. Now, I'm curious to see what you guys feel about this. Uh, here's my thinking. Ohio State at number one, I'm okay with. I'm actually okay with that spot. You know, again, like I talked about last week, watching them last Saturday, they're just a powerhouse. It just every aspect of their game seems like it's just clicking, and it's going to be hard to beat them. Um, LSU coming in at number two. Uh, 
I guess I'm okay with them at number two. Just because Alabama at number three, to me, again, I don't think they really have played anybody yet. LSU has played other teams. You know, I watched them with the Auburn game, uh, a couple other games earlier in the season. So they have, I, th I believe, the, the strength of schedule over Alabama. But Penn State at number four over Clemson. I'm just, uh, I'm, I want to know and I'm wondering what was the thinking there as far as the, the voters. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Penn State shouldn't be number four. I think they would be a close, maybe like a 4B. I think Clemson should be number four. Um, yes, they had that one scare with North Carolina, but they are undefeated. Penn State is... is playing very well you know uh, Rich Franklin has that that team playing very good um, I but like I said I was surprised to see them there so if the playoffs start today though I'll tell you what even though I just said I don't want I don't think Penn State should be number four the playoffs look nice I mean look really competitive so you would have Ohio State playing Penn State and you would have LSU playing Alabama. Now, obviously, this is going to probably change after this weekend because we have LSU playing Alabama Saturday. Uh, it's, I mean, most likely going to be a, a night game. I'm not exactly sure what time. Penn State has, uh, I think they're playing Minnesota, which could be a tough game. You know, you, you can't take Minnesota lightly. Not sure who Ohio State's playing, but I think this, you know, this time next week, we will be talking about Alabama not being in the playoff rankings. And I'll tell you what, if they if they lose to LSU and they're in this playoff rankings at number four, and Penn State beats Minnesota like all the other teams take care of their business, then we're back to square one with this playoff system because you have Clemson who's undefeated who I, I believe should be number four Penn State who's undefeated who I think should be number five I I would say drop Bama down to number six because even Georgia is I think they came in at number six as well now Penn State and Ohio State have to play play each other yet you know, we'll, we'll touch on that when that week comes. But this LSU game, if they beat Bama, I could see them moving up to number one in Ohio State, down to number two. Just because Alabama's history of winning over years and years and years. Yes, they may not be as um, pretty as prior years. Tua is playing very well. I'm not taking that away from him. But I really think LSU is going to pull the upset here and beat Alabama to move into number one. So I think at this point next week, we'll be talking LSU number one, Ohio State number two. I think Clemson is going to be number three. Penn State number four.
with Georgia coming at five. Maybe maybe Georgia stays at six and Bama drops down to five. But I don't think Alabama will be in the playoff talks next week. So, yeah, we will have to wait and see to see if Alabama will be still in the playoffs with Penn State losing to Minnesota. I'm curious to see what's going to happen there. Um, this next clip is every week at the very end of the show, especially during football season. For us Eagles fans, I kind of do my little in, my uh, take of how I think the coming week's going to be and what the issues we had the last week. This past weekend, we had a bye, but I did talk a little bit about the game uh, from the prior week and the issues that we had during that game. So here's that clip now with uh, me talking about the Eagles and the Chicago Bears game. I want to talk a little bit about my beloved Philadelphia Eagles. Was So we played the Bears last week. Deshaun Jackson made his miraculous comeback and only played four plays. And now he's on injured reserve with the possible return being in the wild card round. I've seen some fans say, you know, who asking who, who to blame here. You know, do you blame the training staff? Do you blame Howie and Doug? Do you blame Deshaun Jackson? How can you blame Deshaun Jackson? He went, got the opinions. Should he have surgery or or not? Did everything he possibly could to get back out there in the field. And unfortunately, it didn't work out. I blame the medical staff. And I, I don't even really blame... I mean, I blame Doug a little bit, maybe. Because what I would have done was... We're on a bye this week. What's one more week without him? Bring him back after the bye week so he gets two extra weeks to get healthy. But this medical staff, man... This offseason, you know, you don't hear many fans or, or um, analysts, uh, people say that, you know, that they a team should really look into their medical training staff and just replace them all. But just look at all the injuries we keep getting year in and year out. What is this medical team not doing? And even the strength and conditioning coach. What type of program do you have in here that these players can't go two, three weeks without getting hurt? You know, okay, Deshaun played two two games so far this year. Week one and four plays in last week. And now won't be back till the wild card round. Um, Jason Peters, granted he's old, Darren Sproles is old, but Miles Sanders, his uh, hamstring was... Uh, uh, an injury through the offseason. He's banged up a little bit. Corey Clement is on injured reserve. Like, what, what do we do? You know, I mean, as much as Chip Kelly, as, as Philly fans, we don't like him, our players really weren't that hurt that much. Well, you know, maybe we should look into that sports science theory that he always brought in. But we got to figure out something. 
to stop having players get hurt so much on this team. I understand it's halfway through the season now. You're going to start getting injuries. But this was week one, week two, week three. Like, something's got to change with, with, with our, our training staff. But to replace Deshaun Jackson, maybe third time's a charm, we bring Jordan Matthews back. I like Jordan Matthews, don't get me wrong. I just don't like this move. You know, we brought him last year to help out. And it really didn't work out, I believe. The thing that is hurting our offense right now is we don't have a deep threat. Jordan Matthews is not a burner. Alshon Jeffries is not a burner. Jeffries is a jump ball guy, or he could go over the middle. Jordan Matthews, to me, is to this point in his career now, is only a red zone target. My questions that I want to bring up to Howie and Doug is why weren't we looking at, like, say, Pierre Garçon, who, when, when he's healthy, is a deep threat. Um, Michael Crabtree was out there. We we asked Torrey Smith if he was interested. He, he wants to stay retired, which I don't blame him. But we didn't even put a claim in for Josh Gordon. And to take a step further, he fell all the way down to the 28th team on the waiver wire. So 27 other teams didn't put a claim in for him. We were, I believe, 15th or 16th. Yes, he's a little older now, but he still could play. Why I would rather take Josh Gordon over Jordan Matthews. Why did we not put a claim in for this guy? We need something to help this receiving core. Zach Ertz had a big game last week, finally. He stopped, you know, catching the ball and just dropping to the ground. Had a couple of nice stiff arm uh, on some of the guys. But our receivers are constantly dropping the ball. Josh Gordon, he, he's cheap. So it's not like he's going to break your, your salary cap bank. Why not? And once again, with, to kind of change the topic here now. Once again, Doug Peterson goes away from the run. First half, we are running all over him. Literally running all over him. Definitely had some red zone issues, or red zone issues, only to be up uh, six nothing, or you know, at the end of the first quarter, running all over them. Second half, we start passing. We had a nice lead, and we let them back into the game because I even said to my dad, because I was watching the game with him at the at the bar. Doug Peterson has an Andy Reid complex. That's all Andy Reid wanted to do was to show that he could make McNabb a passer and make him pass 40, 45 times a game. You're not going to win with quarterbacks doing that every single game. There's only a select few quarterbacks out there and teams that could do that. The Patriots, you know, the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. I love Wentz, not with him though. Especially when you got wide receivers dropping the balls left and right. They're more focused on running without the ball than actually watching the ball come in. 
Jordan Howard, I don't know why Howie Roseman hasn't extended his contract yet. I mean, he's almost every time looking at like six yards of carry. That was our bread and butter when we were on the Super Bowl run. Yes, Nick Foles was a little more accurate. You know, blah, 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 blah about Foles. But we were a, a ground and pound team. LeGarrette Blount, Corey Clement as, as a receiver, running the ball a little bit. Um, Jay Ajayi running up the middle. Darren Sproles catching the ball and bouncing stuff outside. You look at our running backs now. Jordan Howard running the ball up up, up the middle. Miles Sanders bouncing the ball outside, catching the ball. Um, Darren Sproles when he's there doing his thing. I'm not saying run the ball 30, 35 times a game, but you got to stay balanced. And those six yards of carry are going to eventually wear out their defense. And when you watch that first half of that game, there was so many times that those Bears players had their hands on their hips. You watch the second half, they're fresh. So I, I just don't know what Doug is seeing and... Mike Rowe, Mike Rowe's got to go. I'm hoping his contract's up or something like that because I hate how he's the offense coordinator. I think he needs to go. But luckily, we did pull out a 22-14 win. We're on a bye this week. And we come out of the bye playing the Patriots. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting game um, this weekend for my Eagles. Just have to see how that goes. And tune in this uh, this Friday to see what my prediction is and how my feelings, how even though we were on the bye week, went. And uh, enough with the Eagles talks. I know, you know, you Cowboys fans who lost. <laughs> um, so Fridays, or I'm sorry, Saturdays, we usually do a... Uh, combat sports episode and I talked a little bit about uh, UFC 244 with uh, Masvidal versus Diaz and everything that was involved with the rock the stoppage and all that so here is that clip me talking about UFC 244 Masvidal versus Diaz then it was time for the main event now, before I get into the fight, I, I got to put this out there. The whole lead up to this, that The Rock is going to bring the belt out and The Rock is going to put the belt around the winner's waist and this and that and the other thing. I was okay with that. You know, whatever. You're, you're building up this made-up fight just to make money. I'm okay with that. I could have did without The Rock standing in front of the mirror like this is Wrestlemania 45 or whatever and then I could have did without The Rock's music of him walking out like he just won the belt at Survivor Series I would have been okay with them just showing him at ringside with the belt in front of him himself but you know it is what it is Masvidal and Diaz come out. And I'll tell you what, Jorge, I, I loved how he started off the fight too. 
Jorge starts off the fight, takes two steps, and then darts at Diaz like he's going to throw a knee and pulls back laughing at, at the knee that knocked out Ben Askren. That, in a way, was genius and hilarious. Genius because, hey, you never know. You never know if he's going to throw that knee. And seeing with Ben Askren, granted, even though Askren went for a takedown, it'll knock you out cold. First round, Masvidal just looked loose, looked good. Head movement, just picking Diaz apart, left and right. Diaz was getting a couple of punches here and there, but definitely had it a 10-9 round for Masvidal. Second round, pretty much the same thing. But a couple of the punches caught Diaz and cut him open. I believe he had the cut underneath his the eye first. Gave that one to Masvidal as well as a 10-9 round. But maybe a little bit closer. You know, Diaz was starting to get some... Some good punches in there, even though Masvidal was still keeping that pressure on. Third round came. The first half of the third round, same type of stuff that Masvidal, keeping the pressure on, connecting with the punches. But that second half, the back end of the round, at least in my eyes, it seemed like Diaz started to come on. Connecting, blocking some more of Masvidal's shots. And unfortunately, Masvidal did cut him open above his right eye, uh, right above his uh, eyebrow. Round gets over. I mean, I think Masvidal did enough to get another 10-9 round. So I already had it 3-0 Masvidal. And the cut that Diaz had over his right eye was was bloody. But it was a typical Diaz-type cut, you know, that we're all used to seeing. Like Rogan said, he has a ton of scar tissue around his eyes. And unfortunately, that's what cut open. They got their advice from their corners... Ref said, you know, let's go. They stand up. Next thing, the doctor gets called into the ring. Comes over, looks at the cut. Asks Diaz, is he, is he good to go? And Diaz said, yeah. And you could see the doctor go to Dan Margoliata. Fights off. And you could tell Margoliata didn't want to call it off. But has to do what the doctor says. Called off the fight due to doctor stoppage. Even I was yelling about the stoppage, even at 12 o'clock at night. At that point, I don't think it should have been stopped. You know, you look at the Tyson Fury um, cut and some other cuts that you've seen through the UFC, UFC that seemed way worse than what Diaz did or had. But when you see the pictures after the fight backstage it actually was the right call doctor is only doing his job 
of protecting the fire because, again, let's face it, unless you're Todd Duffy, no fighter is going to say, no, I don't want to fight no more when it comes to a big fight like this. So, after seeing those pictures, you know what? I- I'm okay with the stoppage. I know a lot of Diaz fans were, you know, he does better in the, in the championship rounds and this and that. If you look at the stats, though, Diaz has never knocked someone out in the championship rounds because obviously he was behind on the cards and he would need a submission or a knockout to win this fight. If you look at Masvidal, he's never been knocked out in the championship rounds. So Diaz was way, way behind the eight ball. Huge hill he had to climb, and I think it was the right thing to call. I still think it was a, a good fight. Like I said, Diaz, towards the end of the the third round there, seemed to be coming on a little bit. But fight gets over. Masvidal, right off the bat, said to Diaz, you know, he'll, he'll run this back. You know, he'll give him a rematch. So, yeah, uh, even Dana White kind of did come out and say they're not going to run it back. So we'll have to wait and see exactly how that goes. But hopefully this episode is something a little different for us and for you guys to kind of get you caught up in case you missed the, the past two episodes. I'm hoping to do this every Monday and Tuesday, try and figure out a, a set date to, uh, to to release this to help you guys out to keep up with us and all the fun sports stories that come about. So, But that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, before I go, like I said, head over to Twitter. Follow us at ST Sports Podcast, as well as myself at Jimbo ST Sports. Go over to our Facebook page, like and share our page there, as well as our YouTube channel. Just subscribe to that. Share it with your friends, your family, your dogs, your cats, whoever you want to share it to. So until the next time I talk to you guys, which will be in a couple days, this is your good friend Jimbo, signing out. Thank you.